everybody, and welcome to Godfellas, the small group that meets online. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm Mr. Brandon. I'm Miss Hannah. And you may be wondering, where was the introduction this week? Well, get used to different. We're talking about The Chosen <laughs> Season 2 today, folks. So if you... Um, I was actually talking to Mitch about this the other day, and he was saying... I think the chosen season one might be the most like positive we've been in one of our reviews on this show. Does that sound about right to you, Brandon? I think so. I mean, it's hard. There are some subject matters where you just kind of have to let them be like, it's, it's really hard to get in there and throw punches. So the fact that the chosen is also good <laughs> ma- makes it really hard to find, you know, right. to find things that we bump on. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll talk about season 2 in a second, but Hannah, being that you're new to the series, what was your um I guess what did you heard about the show before you actually sat down to watch season 1? Um, so my, one of my best friends, her name is Natasha. She's been on the show. She was on the Esther episode. Yes. yes. Um, she, she first told me about the show, like, um, maybe like summer last year. So probably about the time that you recorded this episode or the first season episode. And I like, she didn't really tell me much about it. She was just like, it's really good. And you can get it on your phone. (laughs) So I like, I was like, all right. So I downloaded the app and I watched the first episode just like on my phone, like quite literally in my living room on my phone. The TV was right there, but I was just like on my phone watching it. And I was like, nah, I can't get into this. I was like, I like the concept behind it, but I couldn't get into it. And I think what had happened was just I watched it in the wrong setting, wrong timing. Hmm. I think if I, you know, had figured out how to connect it to my television, I would have enjoyed (laughs) it more because I felt like I'm actually watching it rather than just like. I don't know. You know, and I feel like I'm watching something on my phone. It feels more like a YouTube video to me. So I'm sure. like, oh, well, this is going on for a long time, you know? <laughs> so, um, so then when you and I started dating, you obviously talked about your accomplishments with the show thus far, you know, interviewing Dallas last summer. That's on my resume. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, so when you asked me to watch it with you, I think I was a little reluctant at first because I just kept thinking back of that phone. But um, no, I think watching the first season, um was a great experience. I think I understood it more and I came to appreciate the artistic interpretations right. that come, right. you know, from it and I like being able to see um more of like a life around than just what we read in the Bible because I think that's something mm-hmm. I like really um thought about a lot as a kid is like yeah like i see jesus in this story but like what did jesus do on like a random tuesday you know so it's it's fun to kind of see this like in a way now sure yeah Yeah, i think one thing that sorry zach one thing that we had mentioned the first time around was if the chosen was made strictly you know word for word based on what's in scriptures the whole you know, the whole season would be like 25 minutes long. Yeah. Like it just wouldn't be the show would be done very. In, it, it wouldn't be interesting. It would, you know, what, what Dallas has done here is really fleshed out and given personality. And, you know, I think creative license was a great way to put it right um, to these scriptures. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'll say uh, Hannah, 
you're not alone in your initial estimation of the show. Like most people that I've spoken to have said like the first two episodes were a little challenging and then around three or four, it kind of hit. So going into season two, I was excited because I was like, all right, we've done. That's kind of how I feel going into the second season of any show, to be honest. It's like, all right, we've introduced like our main characters. We know what's going on. And now like the show can kind of run a little bit. So the, I was really looking forward to seeing the show go from its introductory phase into all right now we're now we're cooking with gas. Um, how Brandon? How are you feeling before season two? I, I will say that the gap didn't help me. I was not sure. looking forward to diving in. For some reason, it felt like more of a chore than it should have right you know i don't know why because once you start watching i mean these go down really you know uh, really easily and that's kind of a you know poor choice of words but they're very <laughs> enjoyable i think you know i i i enjoy the chosen experience season one and two so i don't know why but the gap in between didn't do me any favors right. but that you know, dissipated as soon as I started playing. Just a comment on um, also the the method of delivery for this show. You know, you you've got to love the you know the crowd funded um, aspect to this. It's awesome the way he has fun. Dallas has funded the show. I will say it's not super convenient to like it's it's it actually is a little difficult to access. If you don't have like some type of casting system where you can, right, right. you know, um, broadcast to your TVs. So like, I will, I will agree with Hannah on that. And I, it, it's not super convenient. Not all of my, you know, I have a couple of places that I like to watch television in my house and you know, only one of them I can really broadcast my, and this is such a first world problem. <laughs> like, I feel, like, I feel like a, a heel complaining about this, but I will say it's just, it, you know, it's just a little a little something you know it's it's not as easily accessible as other things right but that's a small problem Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so i yeah and brandon i'm i'm gonna be really interested to hear your take on the show being that you just uh binged the uh entire season two right yes correct and hannah and i watched them live as they were coming out um each week so I had to wait in between each week to see what was going to happen next, which uh, I was not expecting from this show to have, you know, cliffhangers and and things like that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they did a good job of making me want to come back. And of course, I I mean, I'm probably one of the biggest fans of this show. So, yeah. you know, it was working on me. Uh, we are so spoiled as a society, <laughs> as a culture, even you know streaming services like hbo and disney plus make you wait week to week and we get so grumpy yeah. i well I i'll speak it. for myself I only it. i i get grumpy when i don't and i can't you know hit the next episode right away i think it's because i don't always have time to watch television television so when i do get a couple of spare hours i like to have a you know a little stockpile of episodes to hit that being said, there's also something, to, you know, something to the, um, the, the fact that the chosen episodes, they, you know, they just, they made you want to flip 
on yeah. that next one. And it is the yeah. presence of the cliffhanger. And I think some of that stuff was really excellent. You know, yeah. there were some great cold opens. There were yeah. some great cliffhangers, like good direction throughout. I just feel like the, the episodes were maybe getting a little zippier, you know, like they, mm-hmm. um, there was something, um, just a little more cohesive about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this is a little bit unrelated, but see, I like the, we're getting it each week. Cause it kind yeah. of, I think it's bringing yeah. maybe the family back to TV. Like, sure. the, like the Mandalorian, for instance, that was a show where like my dad and I, we were able to kind of go, okay, like every Friday I'm going to come over to your house and we'll watch the Mandalorian. And then, Oh, you, I was there with you too, man. Yeah, we, were, got, we were texting yep. through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's not this sense of like, I'm binging the whole thing today. It was nice right. to like keep up with your friends each week. And even with, you know, like with Hannah, like I'm going to come over on Friday and you know, WandaVision or mighty ducks game changers. <laughs> It's gonna be. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be and show. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying my way. What I prefer no, is better. But it's I get not that though. It's not better though. I'll admit. Right. I much preferred network television. You know, with my with my family. Tuesday nights was this. Thursday yeah, nights yeah. was that. I absolutely prefer. You know, looking back now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's just my you know, spoiled, impatient self wanting, you know, wanting everything now, mm-hmm. you know? I hear that. I hear that. Well, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm, really, I am. <laughs> and speaking of impatience, our audience might be getting there, so let's go into <laughs> season two itself. Trouble So, do we want to go episode by episode, maybe? Yeah, we could. I think yeah, that's there's, what I'm thinking. I think there's some some episodes stand out more than Absolutely. others to me. Absolutely. So, well, I may not have as much to add on everything, but yeah, we, mm-hmm. you do what you, you do what you want. I think that might be the best way to go about it. So, let's go into episode season two, episode one, Thunder which is about basically Jesus hanging out in Samaria and James and John earning. It's funny when you, when you talk about these episodes, like so much happens are like an hour long. And when you break them down, it's like this one event in Jesus's life. You know what I mean? Which I, I really like, but this one essentially, I thought it was a great way to get us back into the season. Um, although at the top I was a little, nervous because i was like i feel like it could be very easy for them to um overplay the characters a little bit it's like okay like i feel like there's i was a little worried like do they maybe know like here's the matthew spiel or here's how the peter spiel works right so but i thought that that was um it's still very well acted i just was kind of nervous like are they gonna start leaning into this because that happens with a lot of shows but luckily it was just as good if not like even better i thought the, it looked a lot crisper. Uh, the direction was a lot better. The, like it just all around with the first episode, I felt like the show had gotten better. Very interesting choice of opening scenes, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, what the the Shiva for um, for John's brother James. Yeah. You know, and it's I think it's pretty widely known that he was the first disciple to be martyred. Mm-hmm. You know, so this was. 
I, I don't know too much about Jewish culture, but I know this was like the events surrounding his death. And um, I, I did think one, one thing that the first episode accomplished was it, 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 it reminded me who all of the characters were because like, right. okay, I need to, you know, get back into my gospel mindset and what are all the disciples names and who's played by who. And so I did feel like it did a good job, you know, reminding me of all that. And because I didn't rewatch the first season right. before I watched this. So I, I felt like it did a good job getting me back into that mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. What were some of the standout mm-hmm. moments for you guys? I'll, I'll say I'll get it started. I'll say that there's two. There's a, the campfire sequence with Jesus and the man where he basically tells the story of the good Samaritan, but from the perspective of the thieves, you know, where the guy talks about why he did that. We robbed a man on the road here. And Jesus says, well, someone came and, and found him. I thought that was really powerful and uh, really moving. And then the other scene that spoke to me was Jesus kind of telling off James and John when they get yeah. their sons of their sons of thunder name. I thought those were just really, really great moments. I thought it was interesting. The power structure that was forming. Mm. Well, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. like, and, and don't get me wrong. The, the scene with, um, the, um, the man who had been mugged and, or, or what, what had done what the mugging. Yeah. What? Yeah. Done the mugging. Yeah. And then he got thrown off a horse. So he yeah. was, he was now lame. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Paralyzed. Uh, yeah. Paralyzed. So th- that, that was a powerful scene. I thought there were better mm. scenes in the season. Yes. Like if it felt like they were going for that heart tug with that scene, I thought they did a better job later on. Yeah. But, um, one of the things that interested me was, um, kind of how every you know the pecking order that was forming and like where everyone kind of saw themselves and you know john clearly thinks he's a pretty big deal and Mm -hmm. so does peter and then you got you know their sidekicks you got james you got andrew so i feel like there's like the 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 camps are forming a little bit i don't know it's just very interesting to me to see like the inner workings of that well i think so often we do overlook what it must have been like to have 12 guys traveling around you know and (laughs) like traveling around together because i even think about like our podcast for instance there's three of us and sometimes that's you know that can get pretty pretty hectic in the in the meeting rooms so you know how did we we make it this far you know (laughs) it's it's an interesting way to uh to look at it for sure yeah Uh, another another moment i loved i feel like another thing that i was worried about is how are they going to expand on jesus as a character right because he's jesus he's Mm -hmm. the same yesterday today and forever so so i was like how are they how are they gonna and I don't mean to be flippant or sacrilegious. How are they going to keep us interested in this character? If he like is always perfect and he always does, he's always perfect. He always does the right thing. He always does what he's supposed to. Like he's literally God. How are they going to keep us on his side? And I think like a lot of that is Rumi's performance, but I felt like Mm -hmm. they found little moments of comedy. Like I love the moment where they show up at the house and the guy says, uh, Someone's got to stay in this room. That's where my my dead grandmother haunts that room. Yeah. Goes, Ooh, I'll take I'll take that. One. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that to go along with with what you're you know he's he's God. He's also 
100% man. And I think what they do a great job of is reminding us that Jesus is a man. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he has, well, no, well, no, he does not have flaws, but he has a personality. He has there, you know, he, he gets sad. He mourns, he feels things deeply. He has emotions. Like I think that's one thing that we saw, you know, and kind of getting on, you know, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but like with John the Baptist later on, and, you know, he, he feels things very deeply. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, the human side of Jesus is very fascinating. And I think they did a great job. Dallas did a great job and his team did a great job of bringing that to life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, moving on to episode two, I saw you. I saw you is such a good, such a good moment, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I got a little nervous with this one because I felt like the first one really hit the ground running and was off to the races. And then I felt like episode two kind of pumped the brakes, which in retrospect was necessary because you're introducing Philip who ended up being a bigger character than I thought. (laughs) But we also meet Nathaniel. And a bunch of like, it's interesting again, because that's one where I thought nothing really happened in that episode. And then when I think back, I'm like, no, we like got two more disciples. We had the thing, you know, Matthew and Peter's um, opposition is explored a little bit more. But I felt like that one pacing wise was a little bit slower. So I while I enjoyed the episode, I was like a little nervous. Slower. Yes. Sleepy? No, I didn't think it was sleepy though. And I would agree. I I really love, really loved Philip's character. Nice. I thought that actor was good. I thought the you know the the story, the arc they're giving that character, how he comes in, he immediately zeroes in on Matthew, who is picked on, chastised, ostracized. He immediately zeroes in on him takes him under his wing. And it's so crazy how he's able to break into a group <laughs> with authority because, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because traveling with John the Baptist, and this is something I didn't know traveling with John the Baptist is, is a very similar experience to what the disciples are doing with Jesus. Sure. So he knows exact, you know, he knows all about this uh, structure, this, yeah. you know, culture. And so he, he, zeroes in on Matthew and he makes him feel important. Um, I loved, loved, loved Nathaniel's story in this episode. Mm. Also, I thought when he finally got to meet Jesus, that, that was actually one of my favorite parts of the season. I thought mm-hmm. he did, he, the, the performance was <laughs> great, Yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I remember having a similar experience, um, emotional response to, uh, to Simon Peter's kind of moment in the first season, mm-hmm. I thought Nathaniel uh, Nathaniel's um, meeting with Jesus was very similar to Simon's. So yeah. I, I I really enjoyed those two parts of this episode. Yeah, I I really I, so I've read the Gospel of John a bunch of times. I I really I love it, and I knew the story of Nathaniel. When Jesus says to him in the scriptures, I saw you sitting under the tree. So I was watching with Hannah 
And when Nathaniel's under the tree, just like weeping and covering right. himself in ash, and he says, do you even see me? I just like grabbed her and I was like, oh, oh this is going to pay off and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. was that was fun mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. I love Philip's character. I just I think it's I agree with you, Brandon. I think that he also brings such a light. Um, I, I don't know, like a lighthearted spirit, I think, to the group as well. You never really see him not in a I don't know. I don't want to say happy mood, more like an up mood. Right. So yeah. like, even if he's frustrated or sad, there's still like a an upness. And I, Zach and I have gotten in a few tizzies. I wouldn't say they were full blown arguments. You're, you're surprised. Well, because we both have different, very different opinions on Matthew, um, on at, at least where we think the character is headed and kind of scenes surrounding that. I think we both like Matthew, but we have, you know, like, but I love that Philip is there and reaching out to him. Yeah, you know, me too. it's not like he's defending every movie makes. He's just there as a friend, which I think that Matthew is lacking in the group. And so I think that was a really strong um, statement to make, um, knowing where the season's headed in that regard. But um, yeah. 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 I think I was a little nervous when I first met Philip because I was like, is he going to be like the stand in for Jesus when Jesus can't be there? <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's kind of where yeah. my mind went. But as the season went on, you know, I was like, OK, that's not the, the case. So a lot of like my worries in the show were like, is this going to be what happens? And, you know, I just need to put more faith in, uh, in Mr. Jenkins. So, Dallas, I apologize for not having more faith in you. I think one thing that was interesting, though, Philip shows up and he's already the most experienced like yeah. student i don't know what what we would what term we would use there but he's already the, like the most experienced person doing what they're doing mm-hmm. you know he he there's a there's a few scenes when jesus instructs them to keep progressing and they they just kind of you know, halt and they're at a standstill without him. Philip is the one character who knows how to kind of keep going when Jesus isn't there. Yeah, absolutely. Then we get into which watching live was a lovely surprise because they said we're doing episode two and there's going to be a little surprise at the end. And then they dropped episode three right after, which was really cool. Mm. And um, yeah, it was it was this is kind of one of the moments where it went from being a great Christian show that I like to being like a legitimately great show. Mm-hmm. I thought like, I just thought that the, the direction and the decision to go for, for the one shot, you know, very, uh, it's, it's obvious Dallas is a big fan of the West wing, but Hey, I mean, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a great show to be inspired by, but this is the episode where I was really kind of like, all right, we're, we're back into it. We're back at it and again this one was literally just people talking the whole time but the the writing was so good and the direction was so mm-hmm. good and the performances especially i thought mm-hmm. were were really really fantastic specifically uh mary and her monologue about he needed me that oh my gosh i, I was a puddle well just the <laughs> just the concept of being a mother Mm-hmm. with a child that does not need anything from you anymore mm-hmm. you know like even as an adult now i need my mom for things you know there 
there is, I, I can't think of anything right now, but it's just like, the, the, <laughs> it's just the, the thought of giving birth to the most perfect, powerful, you know, human to ever live. I, I think, I think that's humbling. And what, I mean, she comes and she supports her son, but she's just a spectator. She's along, right. she's along for the ride. Um, the scene at the end of episode three might've been my favorite scene in the whole season. Um, Where Jesus least, just walks by and goes, good night. <laughs> well, and the lead up, gosh, yes. Yeah, but the oh lead up gosh. to it, you know, I was really enjoying the fireside chat. Um, I thought it was a like very human moments for the disciples. And I was right. like, Oh, we're all getting along here. And, some of the <laughs> even like some of the brotherly bickering that they do feels a little too real to me over the course of the season. Like it's like, <laughs> oh, this is a little, you know, they're they're actually kind of mad here. Um and they, yeah. they're always telling he's like, we're just brothers, you know, bickering. But some of it feels very real to me. And then mm. of course it gets very, very harsh and raw when Peter starts attacking Matthew, um, which you know, honestly, it made me uncomfortable. I was, I was yeah. like, oh my word. Like, I felt like I was there sitting around the fire with them. And I think that is what sold the whole ending for me was how like foaming at the mouth, how rabid Peter was getting about Matthew and choosing the Romans over the Jews. And, um, it just really shined a light on how petty they were being and um, how they had totally lost sight in that moment of what they were there to do. Mm. Yeah. And I think one of the things, and this, we may get into a little tizzy here over this. One of the things is like, and it's challenging to hear someone like screaming and yelling at someone, but when you agree with them and yeah. see their side of the story, because that was the thing too. Like if Peter was just yelling at him, it'd be easy for you to kind of go like, Oh, stop. But right. you know, yeah. I'm kind of going like, well, Matthew, you know, and I know that he's being portrayed as being someone who makes decisions based on, you know, logic and things like that. But I'm like, but he still did make a decision mm -hmm. to, you know, profit off of his own people and betray his own people. And he does need to, apologize for that he does need to actually tell them that like he's sorry for what he's done and like you're on board with peter until he says i will never forgive you but the whole time i was like I, peter i don't like the way you're talking to matthew but well yeah the writing there is great and i give yeah. credit to the way they wrote andrew who says yeah. exactly what you're saying now you know mm -hmm. peter can be uh, indelicate simon can be indelicate but he's right He's absolutely right. right. You know, and I think that that actually like catches me off guard because you are getting very defensive for Matthew, but it's like, oh, okay. Uh, right. Th th this is how they all feel, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like so many things in Christian media, as I have to watch all these movies now for the show, it's so black and white. So this was, you know, I think we're so used to. The character who's screaming is wrong and the one who's sitting yes. there looking like, you know, a little lamb is innocent. But there is a sense of like, well, no, like people are more complex, even, you know, the people who knew Jesus the best. Right. All right. See, this is where <laughs> I uh, it gets, I think, 
a little bit different for me on my end, because while again, I don't think Peter is wrong. And I do think that Matthew did some bad things. I think now, and it almost comes to a point where I start considering things that I believe in my own faith and how I see that, you know, like exemplified, exemplified, in, yeah. Yeah. exemplified, example, <laughs> a word, yeah, a word um, in the show is that for me, it, I, I almost feel like it's leading to a point where it's, but Peter has to let it go. You know, like Peter is now living amongst Matthew and this idea of fighting over it constantly is not going to work out. So however he has to, or I should say more come to terms with what is currently happening. You know, if Matthew hasn't apologized yet, how is he going to live among him? Right. And, you know, you see throughout the season that Jesus doesn't necessarily stop it. Like it's like that. Yeah. He comes in. He has to know there's, I mean, he's Jesus. He knows there's tension. He knows they're fighting (laughs) and he just says goodnight because he's so tired. And then going on later in the season, which I know we'll get to it, there's moments where Jesus spends time with Matthew. And so what I think this season is trying to say is that maybe Peter has to prepare for Matthew not apologizing so that when Matthew does, you know, it's not kind of just like, okay, great. That's what I was looking for. Thank you and move on. But that there's kind of like a life changing lesson for both of them in there. And right now, I think we're seeing Peter's side, whereas in the future, there would be Matthew's side to that. I think one thing that maybe makes me push back a little bit is, you know, none of us we're I'm, we're trying to, or I at least was trying to put myself in Matthew's shoes, Peter's shoes. And, you know, none of us knows what it was like to be Jewish in that time period. And I think when he says, Oh yeah. Yeah. But at least we all had each other and we were all miserable together. I'm like, goodness Mm. everywhere we went we were hated you know it's just like the concept of betrayal that deep yeah unimaginable one of your own people Mm -hmm. and and that that is the that is the ultimate betrayal so i don't know how it'll play out i don't know if there will be there may be more peter matthew stuff i'm sure there will be i'm sure there is um i think Peter's is growing. They're all growing. You know, I think Peter's learning to forgive. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough. I just, I totally, when, you know, the way they, the way they set that scene up and, you know, kind of the agreement from the other disciples. And then Peter, you're right though, Zach, when he says, I will never forgive you that, that to me was like, okay, he has some work to do in in his heart. He has, you know, that, that is something he needs, right. you know, and, he needs and to jump in and to jump into your camp a little bit, Hannah, like he does need to forgive him. Yeah. But I think I was saying, but mm. also like as believers, we also do need to admit our sins and when we're wrong, like, you know, that there's two sides of it. So I think that, yes, oh, yeah. Peter does need to learn how to forgive him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think also Matthew needs to learn how to take accountability for for what he's done, you know? Yeah. Oh. And I. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Um, I I don't know. There's something I think on my own end too, like in my own emotions that I'm feeling. I think it's really powerful that Jesus is uh-huh. compassionate with Matthew and that he spends time with him alone. And like, you know, there's that mentoring that's there. And yeah. I appreciate that. And it, it, I, I guess as a viewer, I'm watching it and I see like Peter interact with Matthew and I'm like, why can't you just 
be like Jesus to him. And that's just an Old Testament to my own life, you know, like, because who am I to talk, right? Like, (laughs) I'm definitely not like Jesus all the time, but there's something about it where I just really appreciate how Jesus interacts with Matthew. And I think I just long for that with everyone. Um, And I don't, I can't really explain it. I don't, I don't know. I don't fully know why, but I do feel that way. Let's, uh, now let's get into possibly my favorite episode. So if you know me, you know, I love visual storytelling. I love when there's not a lot of dialogue and when there's not a lot of talky talk. I love when just the picture tells the story. And the first, I, I think, 10 minutes of episode four, the perfect opportunity, like this is the best directing that Dallas has ever done. I like this tale of these two brothers was just that alone could have been the entire episode and I, and I would have been completely satisfied. I like, so right away from the first 10 minutes, I was hooked. Like I'd been hooked with no other episode of this, of this show. Hmm. It's easily the best, the best cold open we've gotten. Absolutely. From both seasons. It's, I love how they just, they really go for it. Yeah. With like, we're going (laughs) because no one has ever heard of the um the the lame boy you know it, like i was yeah. trying to so throughout this whole show um as i was watching i'm remembering the scriptures i'm you know that's just kind of how my brain works i'm trying to remember the scriptures and the story and how i know it um and i was like i don't really i don't remember a um a boy who was disabled in the scriptures. And of course, as soon as that comes out of, you know, that thought goes through my head, he gets older, he gets older. And then, you know, you see, you know, he's, he's an old man and he's by the pool. Like I I love how it brings it full circle. And it is like, this is the story, you know, here we are now. Now, you know, everything that happens after that. So it's, right. it is a very interesting piece of um, storytelling. Yeah. What did you guys think? And we'll get, we'll get to the end of the episode later, but what did you guys think of the scene where Jesus walks past the crosses? Yeah. I thought that was extremely powerful. I mean, it, it, you know, it, I feel like in my own experience and in my own upbringing, like in Sunday school in church, there was always this emphasis of like, Jesus knows. Mm-hmm like what he came to do. And I think to see that moment fully realized, like to think he had to have seen crucifixions happening his entire life, you know, because of just the, how that was a form of death, you know, like, like that's how they killed people. I mean, I I, I won't (laughs) get into the ins and outs, right. That's not my place, but um, you know, I think that's a powerful moment to think that like, you know, those little moments that, could remind him of what was to come. And, you know, I, you know, we know in the scriptures too, that Jesus struggles with that, you know, especially as it it gets closer and closer. Like that is not, that's not a thing to just kind of like be okay with, right? Like, you know, it's going to happen. You don't come to terms with that quickly. So I think it's a powerful moment and you almost see him. He doesn't really like engage that much. Like I, I, or if I'm remembering correctly, it's kind of like, a quick glance or so, but I remember at least a shot where it's like they're behind him and mm-hmm. he's just kind of walking and you see a side profile. Yeah. And that is kind of just like in my mind, um, thinking about it, that he knows it's there 
And there it is, you know, to remind him. Yeah. And I think that's, I think just that's so interesting because I didn't take note of that at all. Um, and I think it's because Jesus, like his interaction with the crosses was almost non-existent. Interesting. Just like the, the thought, like how much did Jesus know? How much did, how much was he prepared? Cause we know that, you know, he, he's um, in the garden and he's weeping blood. Like he's, he is, this is weighing heavily on him. So, so we know it's something that he will struggle with. Um, right. How much does Jesus um, know? How much, how much time has he spent thinking about it? Um, yeah, it's definitely thought provoking um, t- yeah. to think about that scene that way. Yeah. Yeah. I also, um, more things in the episode, I was really interested in, we got to see the zealots uh-huh. for the first time. Yeah. Cause I think that that's something that we've always thought about. And it was just, you know, I think in my mind, I've always thought of zealots as like these kind of like punk rock guys who are like, yeah, we're tripping the system. But to think about, no, these were like, you know, assassins, educated assassins who like were like, you know, not messing around. Like they weren't just like a bunch of like, you know, punks like they they were feared and were like they were up to no good. And to see you know, Jesus, essentially his miracle, you know, cause this, this guy, you know, the other Simon to step away from his life aspiration. And again, you see that in the first 10 minutes that his goal is to, you know, reclaim Jerusalem and to, to kill the Romans. And you just see that this, this one miracle of having his brother heals that that stops him in his tracks and changes everything. And that like, Oh, this is a good show. This is a good show. <laughs> and Brandon, I, dude, I loved it. You texted me. Uh, the, the sometimes you got to stir the water up with like someone well, walking away from an explosion. <laughs> so when when you said um, at the beginning of our recording here, get used to different. Um, yeah. th- this that line is very. It's like the season two version of get used to different. I thought was uh, yep. sometimes you got to stir the water, and it was like a very like you know, they teed the ball up and he cracked a home run. And honestly, that stuff always works on me. I'm like, yes, give yep. it to me. They they played that riff from trouble. And I was just like, ah, <laughs> it's just come, like, come on. Yeah. I get what they're doing here and I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. Then again, the series blew my mind again. Cause season, uh, not season episode five mm-hmm. was, was pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was a, it well, was very scary. scary. And this is the, I will say there was one time in the first season when I was like, okay, I probably wouldn't show my daughter this part, but like, you know, that, that's, that's one thing that I remember commenting on last time was most of this. I would let my daughter, my, my daughter watch. She's five. Yeah. You know? So I think, I think this is maybe like the one part. You know, maybe there was like a little more in this season that maybe I wouldn't let my five-year-old watch, but um, for the most part, it's pretty family friendly, but yeah, we're dealing with a man who's possessed. It's just like, it, it gets a little dicey, you know, and this is right stuff that's very scriptural, but it's, it's very hard to watch. Yeah. Well, not even that we get into some stuff with Mary where sure, it's, yeah. at the beginning, she sees a Roman and is, and is triggered and, you know, is kind of rattled for the rest of the day. And, um, 
Yeah, I thought all that stuff with John the Baptist too was was really good. For me, I so, think sorry, is, most, not to yeah, cut you off. Is the it. is the man possessed? Is he in the episode before? I don't think so because I remember her being also triggered by the man who had the demons right was or was it mainly the roman the roman um well i think it was the roman first okay and like you know there was kind of that th- that threw her off okay. but then she had like that moment where she was like super strong and powerful and was able to stand up to uh to the the demon okay. and i thought that was really powerful but one of the most powerful moments is every time i've seen one of these movies and i've seen all of them pretty much where Jesus casts out a demon, Jesus like gets big. He like he get, makes his voice deeper yeah. and louder, and it's this big thing. The whole thing stops, and just like seeing Jesus run to heal yeah. this man, like it was. I, I had like, to rewatch. I, was in I tears. had to rewatch it. I rewatched it like three or four times. It was it <laughs> yeah. was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was, and I love how they didn't make a meal of it. I think that was my favorite yeah. part. Was just like he just kind of waved, and I think, and I think that's. That's actually something to take note of is casting the demon out would have been very easy for Jesus. It wouldn't have been, you know, uh, I have no idea about any of this stuff, but I'm guessing it's not super easy to be to do that. You know, exorcism is not like an easy (laughs) task, but for Jesus, it would have been. And just like the wave of the hand. And um, I yeah, I I love I did love that specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I also. really liked when Simon the the zealot was said to Jesus he's like all right like here's everything that I can do like I'm a, I'm a killer I'm an assassin yeah. like I can get all the zealots and Jesus just throws his knife in the water yep. <laughs> you know I thought that that was I thought that that was really cool mm-hmm. um let's let's I guess talk about 5 and 6 at the same time cuz I feel like they're pretty similar and I you know I like I really really do like it that they introduced the idea of like Jesus's followers aren't perfect. Even, you know, Mary probably had her struggles and her, um, Mm -hmm. you know, her issues and, and backsliding. What I'm confused about though, is I guess that's, that's, this is kind of the only thing I I'm not sold on with season two is I'm a little confused about, you know, what made her do what she, ended up right, doing? That's, and that's what i was talking about was it the yeah. the romans i thought it was the the sight of the demon possessed man right yeah i felt like i felt like it started where sure. she's triggered by one thing and then all day she you know doesn't really have an opportunity to talk it out with anybody and she's feeling some kind of way and then that yes. happens and there's just kind of like so much that she kind of cracks under the pressure right. Um, but again, I, I still just, I don't want to say I felt like it was messy, but I was a little, I guess, confused how they got from to like A to B order of events. I yeah. agree with that. And, and I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to poop on it too much, but it no, also no, no, felt no, no, like they were creating a scenario for Matthew and Peter to work together. Yes, absolutely. Well, absolutely, and, and that would it. be, I, yeah. and that would be pretty yep. harsh to Mary and her story and her arc. I don't want to say that no. completely. Ooh, maybe this is the, maybe this is, this is the item that 
gets Dallas on the recording to, to, <laughs> to set the story straight. And- <laughs> but, but yeah, just a little bit like they needed, they needed a story for Peter and Matthew. They, mm-hmm. they need to keep that, which is compelling. Don't get me wrong. Matthew yeah, and yeah. Peter is yeah, like, it's, it's some really good, it's some really good stuff. Um, but yeah, I agree. Maybe like mm-hmm. a little messy is like the best way to put it. I have a lot of issues. Okay. I shouldn't say a lot. It's not a lot. It's not bad. I don't, I don't want to say that the episode or how the story is done is bad. However, I was expecting more from it and I was disappointed that I didn't get what I was expecting. Is that high expectations on my part? Perhaps, perhaps that's it. But I think if I may go into a a bit of a, a die for a moment, I think how I view it is that seeing the Roman brought back into Mary's yeah. mind the life that she once lived before being with Jesus. It it started to bring everything back. And I think seeing the demon-possessed man also kind of brought back where she was. And I think that seeing him um, healed by Jesus, right? Seeing Jesus come and cast out the demons, I think what it does is it puts Mary in that mind space of I... Almost like a longing back to where it was, you know, when you when you lose the suffering that you had, it's almost kind Mm. of hard to realize where you are now. And I think that maybe Mary is kind of it's hard for her to grasp what she is currently experiencing, like where she is now safe. And, you know, just to just to comment on that real quick, I I also feel like I had. Yeah, yeah, it's a reminder of how close she is to falling back into that like one false move one mm-hmm. you know one stray step and she could easily find herself and she did uh, right smack dab in the middle of her old life yeah and i think the moment i appreciated in when she returns um i think so that was also a little Jericho? hard to track i found it powerful when she was Back in the bar, playing the gambling game of sorts with the people. And there's a moment that seems to me, and this is how I took it, as someone stood up and was threatening her to be violent in some way, you know, or referencing violence that had occurred previously. And she starts to get really anxious, panicking, and it kind of hones in on her. And she starts, Mm -hmm. it goes back to a moment with her father. Uh, talking about fear scared, and how yeah. not to be afraid and remembering, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was beautiful. But when she returns to camp, this is where I personally have the issue with it, because I feel like it was all completely centered around her seeing the demon possessed man and then her backsliding from that rather than the mental aftermath of what trauma can do to a person. Now, I'm not going to say that they're not going to get into that. And I hope that we see more of that in the future. I really do. I would just like to say, as a survivor of sexual violence, knowing what that moment's like when Mary sees the Roman guard gets triggered and knowing like the thought process that goes through someone's head after that, I wish that was referenced Mm. um, by Jesus at the end of it. Because while my church has been so loving and affirming to me after that. I know that there's so many Christians out there that aren't, that don't believe that this is a real issue or blame the victims for what they go through. 
And all I wanted was to hear Jesus kind of reference that, you know, and affirm that experience for her that it's okay and that he's glad that she's back. He forgives her, you know, all that, but that it's, you know, it's okay that this moment happened or that, you know, when, when everyone's saying like, oh, I don't know, Mary's just a little bit off today, that it, it dove deeper into that, that maybe she told someone or someone found out, oh, I think that, you know, this is what happened. I don't know how that would have been done. Obviously, I'm not in the writing room, but I think for me, I was disappointed that I didn't see that because like, that's what I want mm-hmm. from like Christian media, right? Is to be affirmed in my experiences that Jesus does. I know that in my own personal life that Jesus does care. And I think I just want to see that reflected. Um, so, yeah, I think it is a little messy. I don't think it fully tracks. I think there's a lot of confusion for what her motivations were, what went behind it. And they found her really quickly. She kind of had a really yeah. quick moment with Jesus. It was still powerful, but I was expecting more. Through our joys and in our griefs, you have led us to. You know, I think that there are more seasons planned, and I think we know that we're going to see more Romans and things like that. So I think that this is that what you're talking about, Hannah. I think there's a very good possibility that we may see that explored more. But at the same time, I do understand your frustration and that it wasn't brought up in that episode. And I, and I would echo that, that too. I was a little, um, I was confused as to why they didn't talk about that. And my hope is that, yeah. And my hope yeah, is like that it was just kind of brought up it's and- because they're going to, give it its it's it's here's, day you know i hope i hope that that's what it here's is. what i think i think they they needed to show that it was possible even for the disciples or the followers to backslide and and i yeah. feel like it's unfortunate like mm-hmm. like mary is the obvious choice here and it's unfortunate right. i think the, the the real problem mm-hmm. is it's unfortunate that they used her because there was real issues there, there was real, you know, um, there was a whole life, a whole thing, you know, it's unfortunate that they used her because yeah. of how much time her situation needed to be like how much they should have devoted to that. So had they used someone else, mm-hmm. right? I feel like they could have accomplished what they wanted to accomplish without making it feel um like a drive-by i just to wrap up my point i do want to say a quick thank you to dallas if you hear this um well because and zach sent this video to me um i i guess there was a lot of backlash from those episodes from people not appreciating that mary would backslide and dallas posted a video that was extremely powerful about you know what trauma can do to a person and that backsliding is okay And I loved that. I appreciated that. I thought that was wonderful. And again, I still think the episodes were good and powerful. I think I just left wanting a little bit more, but I did find. And I think that because he said all that in the video is why we might see that explored more in the future, you know, and and that's what I'm and that's what I'm hoping for. Mm -hmm. Also, I do want to give him the the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, also your your reaction is completely, you know, valid and appropriate. Walking in the wonder You're the wonder in the wild
moving on into um, episode seven. Episode seven, the big, <laughs> uh, big smackdown between uh, reckoning between Jesus and uh, and Quintus. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that might sound ridiculous, but this again was a reminder. These later seasons are gonna be tough to watch because just when they were like putting handcuffs on Jesus, I was like, "Be careful!" Stop, like you know, like don't. Wait, hurt is that him. necessary? And I'm like, Do we have to cuff him right now? <laughs> yeah, I was like, Stop. and then I had a moment. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna see this man like." get killed like real oh, quick no. do you think they're oh, yeah. gonna go full passion Crucified. of the christ with dallas has said that passion of the christ goes too okay. far like he said that publicly and i also i i don't think it's the audience right you know what i mean i don't think the audience w- and so that's more i'm more interested because it's going to be i think more the reactions to all of this happening but it's gonna <laughs> it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. But episode seven, yeah. you know, I thought, you know, we're, it's not everything has been wrapped up with this nice little bow and Jesus is like getting ready for his sermon. But we're also seeing that being the disciples, being with Jesus was challenging. You know, where's our next meal coming from? Where are we going to, you know, what are we doing? That there was not uncertainty because you're with Jesus, but there was a lot of we literally need to put our faith in Jesus. And uh, I really what's the character's name? Atticus. Uh-huh. I'm curious as I think he's going to be someone like someone or other and that'll be interesting but seeing his reaction to jesus was really uh that's that was really cool and i loved the back and forth between uh quintus and and jesus you know one part about that that i really liked was the Mm. scene between simon and andrew in the boat and you know andrew the whole episode is just obsessed with do we have to make a scene everywhere we go? We're all going to die, you know? <laughs> right. And I, I think it's like, it, again, we're adding this human element. You know, they're not always brave. They they don't always have the right answers. You know, they're men, they're flawed. They, um, I think one thing that Pierre si- or Simon starts to say, I don't know if he fully went there, but if Jesus is who you believe he is, don't you think he, he knows exactly what he's doing and exactly what he's getting himself into and exactly who and what he's stirring up. He knows what he's doing. Like, I think Andrew is very short sighted in these moments. Like he just wants to keep Jesus safe, you know, and, and and bless his heart for that. But I think, you know, if he is, if he just takes a step back, like this is the guy that I went, you know, flying home. And I, and, you know, in the very first episode with uh, season one, we found Peter, Peter and he's like, you know, I've seen, you know, the Messiah, like this is that person that we've been hearing about since we were kids. Um, uh-huh. I think Peter actually does a good, does a good job there. He's becoming more reasoned, you know, Peter flies yeah. off the yeah. handle. He does the most of that leading up to, you know, some of these later episodes. So I feel like Peter's actually a little more reason now, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did, I did love when, um, you know, Quintus essentially tells Jesus like no more, right. 
no more big meetings, yeah. no more large gatherings, and no more this. And Jesus goes, I can't I promise, can't promise you that. any and he of goes, that. Well, I can't promise. Yeah. And he goes, well, then I can't promise that, you know, you won't stop breathing. And I love how Jesus just goes, well, it sounds like we're clear on what we can and can't <laughs> promise each other. Yeah. It's, it's just like the right amount of levity to this conversation. Like, clearly, this is serious. You know, like, right. these are serious people. They will, you know, not let this go on just forever. Um, so I think there's like mm. the right amount of levity added with like a lightheartedness to that scene that really works. Episode eight, Beyond Mountains. Mm. Man. Mm. In absolutely incredible. So spoiler, spoiler alert. There are these uh, two guys at the beginning of the episode who are kind of conning this dude out of his land. And I initially was like, is this like an old Testament story? Is this something like that? I'm, I'm very confused as to what right. I'm, who I'm what are we watching right now. Yeah. And then later the, the two guys are like sitting in a bar and the one guy's like, you know, it's okay to like look out for yourself and to lie and to, to get what you want. And the one guy's like, I want to be remembered for something else. I was, I was with Hannah and I, and I called it. I was like, I was like, that's Judas. I was like, there he well, is. I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> at that point. Um, yep. <laughs> and I think so. Like, that's the big, that's the big reveal of the episode. Like the whole episode is spent yeah. around, you know, uh, it centers around preparation for the Sermon on the Mount. And yeah. we don't see a whole lot. You know, it's just lots of conversations. They're trying to find land. Um, some really great scenes between Jesus and Matthew. Um, maybe honestly, you know, between the fireside chat and this, those, those are like my top two, you know, the, when oh he, gosh. when he comes back with the beatitudes, I was weeping. Goodness gracious. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh my goodness. and then I love Matthew's like, what's next? And he says, you are the salt of the earth. And so Matthew's character is very, uh, very interesting. And I'm assuming they are portraying him as someone who is on the spectrum. Correct. Yeah, they, okay. That. So they yeah. have said that yeah. anyway. So this, mm-hmm. and, and we also see, you know, the amount of metaphor Jesus used in his, um, in his teachings and his stories. And it doesn't always jive with Matthew. Like he doesn't always follow along. He's very literal, but in that moment, it makes perfect sense. And I love, I love how they, they put them on the same wavelength in that mm-hmm. just that little exchange right there. It is, yeah. is quite Matthew's probably his character's probably one of my favorite. I mean, could be my favorite disciple. Um, I think so to see him mm-hmm. have a special connection with Jesus um, in preparation yeah. for the sermon. It was really powerful. Yeah. And I think there was, I forget which episode it was, but there was one time they're like, do you think if Jesus was starting a revolution, he would have called little James and Thaddeus. And I was like, Oh, like <laughs> Peter, that wasn't nice. You know? And then when he's doing the beatitudes and he goes, blessed <laughs> are the meek and it cut to little James and Thaddeus. I will. When I say I was yeah. a mess, like I oh loved all the the cutscenes made that work so yeah. well, and kind of like mm-hmm. retracing the steps through the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and I love to think that you know 
I, I, I don't know, just reading the Bible growing up, you just think like, oh, Jesus said this because it had to be said. But, you know, maybe it's that and influenced by what was going on in his life around him right. and what he felt was powerful at that moment. But to think that they had to, like, right. you know, spread the word like, hey, we're, you know, we're, ho- we're hosting this, you know, Woodstock. like he's going to speak at, at this place. <laughs> you should come. Like, I love that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then we, we get there and uh, and that that blue eyed, that handsome blue eyed man uh, gets brought backstage. And uh, what's your name? And then my Judas. my brain exploded because I I I didn't <laughs> pick up on who this could be i didn't honestly i didn't i don't know why but i didn't give it much thought well well i mean you you texted me like you know he's supposed to like breathe fire and have exactly horns. like every exactly. version like he's like uh, there was there's other movies we've watched he's the only one who like doesn't have facial hair or he's like shorter well, the, than the rest or he's like in the corner like <laughs> so when you see like a handsome looking guy like a kid who like really like wants to face. yeah like yeah. a kid yeah, who really wants to hear what Jesus has to say, who's being very nice and who's being very sweet with everyone, and he says, I'm yeah. Judas, you go, I need to yeah. reevaluate everything I've been I've been thinking. Even like last temptation. He's got this fiery yeah. red hair. Like yeah. he's very And he's, he's angry. very pushy. He's very he's got yeah. a loud personality. Um yeah, really rocked my world a little bit that I mean, exactly like we've been told our whole lives, you know, you know, Judas is, you know, it's even like colloquial to call someone a Judas, you know, like it's a yeah. it's a slang term. So, yeah, yes, we've been mm. taught that um, he was, you know, the worst of the worst. And um, so we're all expecting breathing fire and horns and a forked tail and. Um, like all these things and, and just for it to be like a, like a, a yeah, like a nice, good looking guy. It yeah. It caught me off guard. Yeah. And then they end. And I, I knew it was going to happen when Jesus was doing the slow motion walk. I was just like, I was like, we're not no. hearing the sermon. No. We're not going to hear it. We're not hearing it. Nope. <laughs> and, and I thought that that was the right move because there's a point like, well, you, you've heard it. And we also have season three. So, you know, yeah. We gotta, we gotta leave you wanting more. Yeah, and yeah. I also love the moment before when the women mm-hmm. gather around Jesus with the different colored mm-hmm. uh, fabrics, and it's such a, to me it reads as such a nice moment of Jesus taking time to listen to each woman's opinion and how he takes that seriously into account when he's making a decision. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> that's something I care about. I care about that well, representation and, 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 and that being. Go on what you're saying. To go on what you're saying also, it is promoted. a point of contention for the Pharisees also in this season. We hear like he has women who travel with him and you see that they're like, oh, well, he can't be the Messiah. So, yeah, I think what you're talking about is that's. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I think all of them, I think, you know, both Mary's and Rama and. The one who joined near the end, whose name I don't remember. Um, they all have really great moments throughout the entire season. And I love that they all have different um, established characters and different established backstories and journeys that they're headed on. And I think that's powerful. I think it's easy to just kind of group the women together. So I like that there's yeah. that indiv- um, individuality. 
Well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. I mean, is there any question? Just like when they offered you more Bill's Donuts, when I offer you more of The Chosen, I'd like for you to give me a yes, please, or a no, thank you. So, uh, Brandon, here come here comes the Bill's. If the, cho- if, if the Chosen Season 2 was a Bill's Donut, it would be the caramel Persian of the donut Ooh. case, which may not be everyone's cup of tea, but it's my favorite. So, yes, I want more. Probably shouldn't have that many donuts, though, but I want more of the chosen. And I can't wait. I can't wait for the other seasons. I saw that season three is like 75% funded. So, I'm getting excited about that. I think, it, it, just as a whole, I'm really enjoying the pacing. Some people might consider it a little slow, but I want every detail, every nook and cranny because we've gotten so many pieces of stuff that is just like flies and it hits all the the highlights and we get birth, you know, a couple of the miracles, persecution. Like we get like we get the the abridged version. I want I want the exhaustive um, gospel retelling here, and I think it's like excellent quality. I think the 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 jokes work for me, like the humor works, I, and I think it's it's an updated humor, like it's it's very modern, but it works for whatever reason on me. And yeah, I'm really excited for you know the rest of the seasons. Well, uh, Hannah, here comes the the Bill's Donuts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I already took the plate out. I the plate is out. Napkin is tucked into the collar of my shirt. I, you know, I'm very excited for more. There's not many shows I watch, and I get excited for the next season or, or impatient for the next season to arrive. And this is one of the few that I am. Um, and I didn't think I'd say that, you know, going back to the beginning of the episode when I talked about watching it on the phone, I didn't think I'd ever end up being here, but I'm very excited to see which stories they choose to highlight as well as how they want to connect those with, you know, the backstories of the characters. I'm very excited to see more, um, and to see just what they do with it. Um, yeah, I think it's a great show. I, I will say one of my favorite moments I think is at the beginning of episode three, because I could almost, there was such a beautiful, I, I guess it just has to be the direction. I don't really know many filming terms, but you know, when they're walking and the sun is setting, I can feel the air. Like I can feel the crisp air. I can feel the warmth of the fire. Like just all those little things that you can like be fully immersed in that. I'm blown away by that, you know, just being there in like Christian media, right? Like something good, which is so nice and encouraging, especially for this podcast um, to have. So yeah, I'm definitely excited for more. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens next year when we do the yep. Yep. We might do annual episode chosen episode pod. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but I think for me, not only am I saying yes, please, but if we run out of donuts, I will personally drive to the store to get more. Like, even though, you know, we maybe brought up a few issue areas that we have. Again, this went from being a great, you know, 
faith-based show to now, in my mind, like just being a great show. Like this is a great show with excellent writing, excellent attention to detail, like excellent performances across the board. This, the chosen has forever changed the game for Christian media. You know, there was such a long time where people would ask me, you know, why aren't Christian movies as good? And and Christian movies would say like, we don't have the budget. We don't have this. We don't have that. And I think Dallas showed like, if you care about your project, if you really care about the story you're telling, you're going to do whatever it takes to make it the best you can. And that's what I see with The Chosen. I see a guy who is working so hard to make this a legitimately great show who's putting in you know his blood sweat and tears into this and i think it's a great challenge for other christian filmmakers out there like it's not enough anymore to just say like we're just a little scrappy christian movie out here or like oh we don't have that big hollywood budget it can't be good no this show is here to say it can be good and if you're making things you know for for the Lord and and for you know to build up the body of Christ like no you need to put in the time and the effort and the energy into making a quality product and the chosen is so much more than just a quality product I cannot wait for season three I'm so excited to see what's gonna happen with these characters especially Judas I'm I am thrilled I can't wait and um, it's my favorite show and it got even better so yes please on The Chosen in conclusion folks listen watch the show watch the show just do it just do it don't think about it just do it get your friends together and and watch the show and again if you if it's been a while since season one and you want to rewatch and get back into it get back into it do it um but if you'd like to talk to us more about the show and episodes that you liked you can find us in the real lounge that's our private facebook group and we'll let you in you could talk to us make sure that you check back in next week when we will be talking about larry boy and the fib from outer space That one's going to be a lot of fun. We've got Michael Williams. We've got Pastor Jimmy coming back. It is one that you will not want to miss. Until next time, sometimes you got to stir the water up. (laughs) Well, the adventure is over. We're all heading home. But I hope that you know, friends, you're never